Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And now, Amory and Nigel go off the rails with Rob Kendall on 93 WIBC. Nigel, Jason Hammer is here. Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey Show here to go off the rails. Rob, how are you? Great. Thanks as always to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. Uh, something, a ton of stuff to get to today with you. The property tax stuff here locally. Uh, definitely want to talk about uh, Mike Braun putting his name in the race for governor. Uh, first, uh, nationwide here. I, I haven't heard much from Donald Trump since the infamous dinner with Kanye West and that Fuentes dude. First of all, do you think that's a going to be a problem for Trump down the road that whole dinner and it's kind of funny it's been radio silence from from Big Don uh, ever since that happened unless you're on true social uh it's problem because it's a pattern of behavior right i mean nobody who is remotely honest with themselves thinks Donald Trump is an anti-semite he just got a an award for his work with Israel Donald Trump has been arguably the most pro-Israel president we've ever had. Nobody thinks Donald Trump's an anti-Semite. Nobody who's studied or actually learned about Donald Trump thinks he's a racist. But it's a pattern of behavior. And the pattern of behavior is needless, unforced errors that force you to play defense and more importantly force your advocates and allies to play defense. And I think I can I think you guys share this it was exhausting for four years to defend Donald Trump. It was exhausting to come to work some days and have to spend the time defending Donald Trump because it wasn't some you know policy fight where, hey, he's in the weeds and he's fighting for us and he's going to the mat. It was calling a woman a horse face or saying she was bleeding badly from a facelift. <laughs> Giving interviews to people who hate your guts, yeah. right? On one hand, okay, I get that he's trying to speak to everybody, but when you do an interview with Axios or CNN or MSNBC – or these people that want to write books about you, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, and and you know the same day or basically the next day, Ron DeSantis is holding a, a presser where he is ripping uh, the Biden administration for refusing to stand with those Chinese protesters. Yeah. And it was a brilliant, he brilliantly articulated what Biden should be doing, what he's not doing. And I just think about coming to work here for the next two years and every day, especially as we get into election season, what do we want to be talking about? Ron DeSantis who we know is going to be articulating and, and in an effective way messaging things that will resonate with the American people or whatever the next shoe to drop or unforced error is with Donald Trump. Sign me up for DeSantis all day, every day. Even though the policies might be very similar, like the things Ron DeSantis wants to do in terms of policy, very similar to what Donald Trump has actually done. It's the other stuff that just wears you out sometimes. Yeah, and again, it's, it's just... The Fuentes guy and the dinner. I mean, why do you meet with Kanye West exactly. to begin with? Oh, okay, okay. And the idea that he didn't know who the guy was. Like... Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. How, in your <laughs> lives, how many times have just complete randos shown up your doorstep and said, 
Can I come in and have some dinner? Ah, come on in. <laughs> sure. It doesn't happen to regular people, much less the president, the former president of the United States. Give me a break. So, Elon Musk, ever since he bought Twitter, which it's weird that people are trying to look into the buying of Twitter because if anything, he overpaid yeah. for it, like substantially overpaid oh, for yeah. it, made all of the stock and shareholders incredibly happy. Now you've got the White House and the press secretary ha, 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 saying that <laughs> they're going to keep a close eye on Elon Musk. They're going to keep a close eye on Twitter. What does this mean? Yeah, we're very concerned about it's not even a victimless crime. It's a victimless engagement amongst consenting parties that everyone's happy with. There's no victims. A bunch of people who bought stocks yeah. got rich. Yeah. Elon Musk, I guess, now is happy with it. He's got a toy to play with. I don't think he was happy about the price, but he seems happy with it now. The shareholders are ecstatic because they made out like bandits. This is the most government thing ever that we really need to keep an eye on something that no one is upset about. Well, I want to know what the role of government played in suppressing and censoring certain views when it comes to Twitter. And this is something that Elon Musk has mentioned out loud via his own social platform. He's like, yeah, I'm going to make all this public. Well, and here and this, this is what they're concerned about. Because liberalism, when it has to be explained, always falls flat on its face because it is wholly ridiculous. And Twitter is now a world in which liberals don't have a monopoly on the sharing of ideas and information. Everybody's welcome again, as long as you behave in a certain fashion and aren't threatening people or whatever. Everybody's welcome again. Liberalism dies when the free flow and free form of ideas exist because liberalism is completely ridiculous when it has to be defended. And they're mad that now it has to be defended again. What am I missing here? Because it's not like Elon Musk is, you know, censoring the accounts of Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi or the New York Times. No, he's just allowing it to be a fairer playing field. That's all that Town it is. Town Square. A town square, and that drives them insane that they can't dominate the news cycle. Yeah, it's your. This is what I've tried to tell people for years. It's not that they disagree with you. They, they're not mad at your opinion. They're a mad that you are allowed to exist and have an opinion. Period. Whatever that. As long if that's that, different than theirs. Right. Exactly. If your opinion does not agree with theirs, they are mad at your existence. You're not going to negotiate with these people. This was the mis- mistake Trump made. Right? Is he kept thinking he could no- negotiate with these people? They. There's nothing to negotiate. They want you gone. They're mad you exist. Elizabeth Warren was asked by a reporter about the Elon Musk Twitter and bringing back some of those accounts that were previously suspended. And old Pocahontas looked at this reporter with a straight face and said, one person doesn't need to decide what happens on a social media platform. And I'm paraphrasing here. Isn't it amazing in our government that people who couldn't earn seven honest cents if their life depended on it are the deciders of what happens with our economy? Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's literally how the Democrats got the White House. The polling all showed Donald Trump was beating Joe Biden up until that suppression of the Hunter Biden story, and then boom, here comes that late push. Here comes some, you know, pallets full of ballots at 3 a.m. You can talk about that if you want, but Joe Biden becomes the president. But if that Hunter Biden story isn't suppressed by big tech, I don't think he wins. Yeah, and, and now whatever that chief safety officer or whatever he is came out the other day and goes, Yeah, it's probably a mistake not to uh, put that out there. And CBS, of course, two years later, <laughs> yeah. after not one but two elections, goes, Well, it turns out it was all real. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Pal. You mean CBS? 
CBS, the same network that had Nora O'Donnell sit her ass right there at the desk, look at the camera and go, well, the riots of 2020 were mostly peaceful, <laughs> but they did cause $2 billion worth of damage. By the way, the other funny thing I saw was uh, Elon Musk this week talking about how, yeah, Apple pulled their advertising. They're talking about taking me off the iPhone. And funny how Tim Cook quietly walked that back, had his old drinking buddy Elon Musk to the campus of uh, Apple, and now uh, he's saying, oh, no, he never threatened to have Twitter pulled off the iPhone. That, uh, never mind about that. I have been uh, successful at very few things in my life, but the one of the few things I was successful at was government. And and uh, one of the things that I found was it was there was always a doomsday scenario, right? Like, if you don't, then. And I always enjoyed being Mel Gibson uh, in Lethal Weapon with the gun in the mouth, right? Like, okay, oh, you want to play? Let's go. <laughs> because most of the time, it's no different than, you know, if we don't raise taxes by $100 million, children could die in the hallway because of an active shooter. Oh, okay, I don't think that's true. Elon Musk is calling these people's bluffs, yeah. right? He's He is Mel Gibson. He's the guy with the gun in his mouth. He says, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts! <laughs> can we take a, Can you stick around for another segment? Oh, I want to yes. I I get the uh, get the stuff in about the, the property tax bills and, and your thoughts on who should be running for governor in 2024. Yes. We're going off the rails with Rob Kendall here on the Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. off the rails with Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Nigel Hammers here. Uh, the property tax thing, you've been talking about that a lot. I know you're, you're the people on your that leave you voicemails on your show have been active on that. What exactly is going on with these property tax bills that are coming? Well, this is about to be a gigantic issue, and of course, your local uh, elected Republicans here in Indiana have no answer for it whatsoever, and that is that the assessments uh, came out last year, skyrocketing assessments, primarily because they use what homes around you have sold for as the basis for what your home is taxed at, the value at which it is taxed. And in some cases, people are seeing fifty dollars or $100,000 increases in their assessment, Jeez. which if you extrapolate that out, and it's a little more complicated than, than this, but for simplification purposes, a $100,000 increase in your supposed assessed value is $1,000 a year in property taxes. And that is being done to something that no one is monetizing. There's not like cash coming in. It's not like you're being taxed on income you've earned. And it's not like people have an extra grand just laying around with this economy and the prices all going up on everything. But this has been going on for years and years and years. And it's been a little game that the Republicans who control everything in this state play with the uh, angry red-shirted teachers because they're petrified of them. And anytime Republicans have any ideas, the red-shirted teachers yell at them and they get under their desks and apologize for having having any sort of thought or creativity, which is the primary beneficiary of property taxes, more than 50% in most communities, are school corporations. And that's what they buy the bright, shiny objects with. And so the idea that they lied to people and they said, well, we have these property tax caps, when in reality, they've known for years and years and years, the easiest way to get around the property tax caps, which the property tax caps were a clear direction from the voters to the legislature that our homes are not local school corporations, personal piggy banks, is, well, we'll just say the assessed value of your home went up and by default your taxes go up every year without any sort of fiscal body whatsoever raising your taxes is there anything people can do about that yes absolutely you can write and call your 
uh, state representative, your state senator, and tell them to get off their asses and actually do something. They have the ability Is to- Is that so- going to work? Is that going to do anything? Well, it's the only thing you've got because Holcomb already came out and said, no, I'm more concerned about revenue to the treasury. I don't have time to mess around with this. So Holcomb, we clearly know he's not going to do anything. So your only option here is to tell these people who are your elected people that you, you need them to do something. Because you know, they could do something if they want. I mean, they were pr- pretty quick on the trigger with that whole abortion thing, weren't they? They, they you're you perfect. Know? Great, perfect, right? Like, they can act tomorrow. They could solve this tomorrow. This is a very simple fix. Now, there's three or four pretty good ideas, and you know we probably don't have time to go into them today, but the point is, I've come up with them on a napkin, and I'm just a guy on the radio. There's a million different ways they could actually solve this issue, protect the elderly, protect the middle class, reaffirm what the property tax caps were, were supposed to be about, which is that our homes are not your personal piggy bank. They don't want to do it. That's what people need to realize. The Republicans are just as invested in big government and big taxes and big spending as the Democrats. They just lie to you about it better than the Democrats do. Got a couple of minutes left going off the rails with Rob Kendall. All right, Rob, at the beginning of the NBA season, you and I each made a futures bet on the Indiana Pacers. We said they were going to win over 23 games this year. That's called a futures bet. If you had to make one right now, what is going to be the governor's race? In Indiana. Well, uh, first of all, let me say Mike Braun made an egregious mistake not announcing his run for governor on your show. I, that, 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 Agreed. That, I mean, that, I mean, I'm not even trying to put you guys over. I mean, that's just. I told him. I looked him straight in the face. I said, "Like, hey, look, when you make this announcement on the air, I said, look, you, will you do it on this show? I, I mean, the idea that you have the number one show on the most powerful media outlet in the state, who yeah. you're friends with, right? It's not like he's coming on to me. You know, he's <laughs> friends with you guys, and you just allow it quietly to get, you know, just found out by the media versus when you could control the narrative. I mean, he should have come in here and said, "Hey, guys, tomorrow 9 a.m. I'm walking my ass into the secretary." Secretary of State's office. I'm going to run for governor. We're going to get this state back on track. We're going to cut spending. We're going to cut taxes. We're going to make Indiana the best state in the union. Let's go. And instead, it's just like no announcement whatsoever. I think it's going to be interesting because Braun will have infinite money again, but now he can't claim he's an outsider, right? I mean, he has spent the last decade using his infinite wealth to be an insider, school board, state rep, where he voted for the largest tax increase in state history, which we're going to talk a lot about, U.S. senator. He's not even finishing his term as a senator before he's wanting to run for another office. You have infinite money, and that's great, and he earned it, but you don't get to say anymore, I'm tired of these politicians. You keep spending money to want to hang out with them. (laughs) Is he going to be the Republican? Uh, I think Suzanne Krauts is going to be a very strong candidate. And Abdul made a great point today, which is, yes, she's attached to Holcomb. And I had said, well, it's going to be really hard for her to distance herself from Holcomb and, you know, win over those people that, you know, voted for Diego at convention. And Abdul made a great point. He said, maybe she's not going to try because there's still 30 to 35 percent of the Republican Party who really like Sarah Holcomb. There are a lot of big government Republicans who love Holcomb. And if there's four or five people who end up running, she could easily be the nominee with 30% of the vote. Because you get outside of the WIBC area, places in Indiana that end with Ville or Town or Berg, they probably say, you know what? We're going to go with the Republican governor. They don't know what we've been saying about this dude, and they don't know the real Eric Holcomb. Can I say, though, I'm most excited, though, now about this potential U.S. Senate primary, because you're going to have Victoria Sparts and Jim Banks potentially running against each other, and nothing inspires and brings out the worst in people, like one person getting to be the one of the 100 most powerful people in the country, and the other person who nobody remembers their name. Let's go on that one! (laughs) He's off the rails. He's Rob. Rob Kendall. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.